0: University Baptist Church is a faith community striving to think critically, live creatively, and love continually in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We gather on Sunday mornings at 5775 Highland Road between Lee Drive and Kenilworth Parkland. Visit ubc-br.org or at UBCBR on Facebook for more information. I'm going to have to talk to our... uh office people. I think our copier's not working as well as it used to. The words just seem to get fuzzier and fuzzier. I'm not really sure how that happens. I uh, have pulled up some sermons recently from when I was a first pastor in Virginia, like 15 years ago or so, and I made this font a little bit bigger to make it easier to read, but the font just has to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, it's just part of life, isn't it? These past, uh, couple last week and this week and next week, we are talking about um, the church's motto. As we work towards the 75th anniversary of University Baptist Church, um, we celebrate the motto that we have. It's on a lot of the things around campus. It's, it's think critically, live creatively, love continually. And last week, uh, Tanya did a great job of talking with us about thinking critically why it's so important to us, how this church already does it so well, and how we can do it even better. Next week, Eric has a fun topic of talking about loving continually. All of these are things that we already do well, and we celebrate those things we want to keep uh, pouring into those strengths. And so today, I get the fun task of talking about living creatively. Now, I can imagine some of you may already be checking out and saying, I'm not a creative person, so this sermon is not for me. But hold on, you don't get off so easily because I'm going to make the argument that all of us are creative. God made each of us creative. Yes, you, even if you can't carry a tune in a bucket or couldn't draw a stick figure, even you are creative. And more than that today, I believe that we're going to see that God requires us to use our creativity each and every day. So let's start by defining the word creativity. I, I brought it from a few different dictionaries, put some things together. The easiest way to describe or to explain what creativity is, it is the ability to imagine and create something that didn't exist before. Does that sound like a fair definition? Good, because if it's not, then the whole sermon's going to have to be rewritten, and we're going to have to say, so does that seem like a good definition to you? Okay, good, thank you. (laughs) Notice what the definition does not include. It does not say creativity is linked to your ability to draw, to sing, or to write, and that's because creativity is more than that. In its most basic form, it is so much broader than just artistic talents and we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. Now, I'm going to reference some scriptures and stories from the Bible today, but none of them comes right out and says, live creatively. There's not a single story that points to that, because I think the entire scripture, the entire story of the Bible, and then our faith coming out of that for these past 2,000 years is a call to live creatively. But the very first act of creation that we see is, of course, the very first words in the Bible. In Genesis chapter 1, 1 through 3, we read that in the beginning God created. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And the story goes on and on. But I just want to point out that just in these very opening words of the Bible, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And creation went on from there into the next day and the next day and the next day. In the beginning, there was creation, the very first thing mentioned in the Bible, Now, whatever you think of the different creation narratives that are in the Bible, and there are at least two, um, either way, we see that God is a creative God. God made everything that is, and God crafted you and crafted me. This is the prime example of creativity, and it's it's no coincidence, I think, that it's the very first thing mentioned in the Bible, because once again, we reference our definition of creativity, the ability to imagine and create something that didn't exist before, before the scripture tells us there was nothing. The earth was formless and empty. There was nothing, and then God imagined, God spoke, and then there was something. So that was the beginning. But the first thing I want us to recognize this morning is that creation didn't stop Creation did not finish on that seventh day, or however we want to interpret the way that the scripture says that God created the earth, it did not stop, it continues. Creation is ongoing. If you think of the story of the universe, it didn't end with the Big Bang, or however we think that it might have been created, or those other concepts and theories. The story was set in motion from there, and it's still not finished. We look around with the, uh, the new James Webb telescope that can show us deeper into the universe than we've ever been able to see before, and we see stars dying and we see new stars still being born. Creation is ongoing in nature around us, even now as it seems a little early to me for spring, I'm still getting used to the weather patterns around here in Louisiana, but there's already flowers blooming on trees and different places and new things coming up through the dirt, and what was in the dirt is where old plants had died and have nourished the ground, and now new things are coming up. Creation is ongoing in our families. This past week, Don and Nancy's family experienced something that we see um, very often in our lives, the end of one life and the beginning of a new life. It's ongoing in human society. We're constantly learning from our mistakes, trying to make ourselves better. Sometimes it's a slow process, and sometimes we take two steps forward and three steps back, but we're still moving forward, creating new ways to communicate, new ways to travel, new ways to build, and creation goes on inside of us, too, as individuals. First, of course, we grow physically, but then in other ways as well. And once we're adults, we aren't stagnant. We continue to learn and grow and experience new things, even as we get older. And this is good news. Creation is ongoing. God is still working inside of us, on us, and around us. I want to repeat that. This is good news because God is not finished working on us yet. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ, he talks about the process of coming to Christ, has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. Philippians 1, chapter 6, Paul writes to the church in Philippi, I am confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He's speaking about the process of being saved, of being redeemed. This is not a finished process. It's not something that just happens once you're put under the water in baptism and come out and it stops. No, it starts and it goes on and on and on. Psalm 138, verse 8 in the voice translation says, The eternal God will finish what he started in me. Your faithful love, O eternal one, lasts forever. Do not give up on what your hands have made. Or, if you'd prefer a little more informal source, you can consider the wisdom of Sonny, the incurable optimist, played by Dev Patel in the movie The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel, who said, everything will be all right in the end. If it's not all right, then it's not yet the end. So remember, we are not complete yet. Our story has not been completely written. If you feel like a wreck sometimes, then maybe you are. I'm there too sometimes, but that's not the final word. That's not the end of the story because creation is going on and on. It is not finished yet. The next thing I think it's important for us to recognize that we see in the scripture is that we are sub-creators and co-authors with God. Now the scripture in Genesis tells us that God created us in God's image and I believe one of the most important ways that we are made in God's image is that God is a creator and we are also creators we are creators along with God or if you want to change metaphors that God is writing the story and we are also authors God has given us the pen to use when the Bible says that human beings were created in God's image I think again it means that God made us to be creative and in the Old Testament we see examples of scriptures of where God comes upon certain people for certain tasks when the people, for instance, uh, the people of Israel were creating the first tabernacle, um, we see that God enabled the people to use the skills necessary for the task. In Exodus 35:35, 35, 35, it says, God filled the people with skill to do all kinds of work as engravers, designers, embroiderers in blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and fine linen, and weavers, all of them skilled workers, and designers and throughout this story of how these first uh, followers of Yahweh God built a tabernacle and put things together we see that God is constantly in that process of creation of making this beautiful place for God to live. God is calling them to be creative too. You see God's spirit coming up on the musicians as they dedicate the, s- the temple and later scriptures. So All of this to say that if we are created in God's image, then we are also creative. And that's true of each and every one of you in this room. This is not something that skips a generation. Now again, some of you might say, I'm not creative at all, but maybe you are, well, You are. maybe you think you're not because of the narrow way that we have defined creativity. In the English language, the word creativity has evolved over the years. Right now, when we hear it, we think of artistic talents, maybe painting or music, dance or storytelling, but creativity is so much broader than that. All of us were children once, some of us still act like it from time to time, but all children are creative when they play. They come up with names and stories for their dolls and their toys, stories that didn't exist before. They take a box full of building blocks and create a dinosaur or some kind of other creation that none of us ever could have come up with. That is creativity, pure and simple creation and we're still creative, even as adults. Most of us who have made it to adulthood, once we get to be a certain age, we start to label ourselves. Either we're a creative type or we're not. But by that focus on artistic talents and skills, we crowd out all the other ways that we create. Now again, we've mentioned music and dancing, painting, digital arts. There are people who are crafty. I'm not one of those people. There are people who sew and who can knit. I'm also not one of those people. Um, There are writers and filmmakers and actors and sculptors and architects. These are the kind of things we usually think about when we think of creativity, but it's not all that it means. Again, the ability to create, uh, to imagine and create something that didn't exist before. Now, that could be a beautiful painting, but it might also be a beautiful spreadsheet that pulls all the numbers together like we need them. Creativity could be writing and performing a mesmerizing piece of music, but it could also be building a shelf from materials you have to meet a certain need. Creativity could be sewing a complex quilt, but it could also be cooking a delicious meal, putting together things that didn't exist before. It can be a new story, or it can be an old story told in a new way. It can be a graceful dance, or it can be a graceful connection between this idea and that idea that had no connection before, and suddenly a light bulb comes on and new possibilities open up. All of these things are creativity, imagining and creating something that didn't exist before. Just by being a human being, you are creative. If you're an engineer, you have come up with answers and solutions to problems that nobody ever would have been able to come up with. If you're a scientist, you have tested and come up with hypothesis an idea and tested it and tr- tried to find out whether or not it was true. If you're a teacher, you've been in the classroom and found some new way to speak to the students that you're teaching, a new image to use or some way to help get a point of cross, that is creativity. An accountant has to be creative in the way that you deal with numbers and finances because the world is always changing and finances change and we have to keep up with them those of you who are in helping professions doctors nurses social workers you sit down with somebody and you hear them and suddenly you understand what's going on in a way that you can help them that is creativity and let's be honest for a minute about those creative types there are those who have an abundance of artistic talents but if they were the only ones in the world we'd all still be in the Stone Age honestly we'd have beautiful cave paintings but we'd still be living in caves. Because for all those cave painters, there had to be someone who imagined what it would be like to live outside the cave. For all those actors and directors, there has to be someone who can build a theater, someone who can figure out how to sell tickets. For all those who have the artistic gifts, there are those that have to be the ones who can imagine an order and a structure to the world. So creativity is both orderly and artistic. Now here's a fun little tangent, and I call it a tangent because um, it doesn't exactly fit into what we're talking about, but I think it's so important for us to understand about creativity, and this is that faith requires creativity. In a sense, everything we do in the life of faith requires creativity on our part. Ephesians 2, chapter 10, uh, Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. In the voice translation, I like this even better. It says, for we are the product of his hand, heaven's poetry etched on lives, created in the anointed Jesus to accomplish the good works God arranged long ago. I thought about this verse a lot this week because it so beautifully ties together the ideas that we are created and that we create alongside God. And our faith requires creativity. And what do I mean when I say that? Because nothing in the life of faith makes sense, or very little in the life of faith, makes sense at face value. Maybe that's why Paul could say we walk by faith and not by sight. Let's start with the great command that Tanya mentioned last week, the love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. It's beautiful. It's nice and compact. Jesus brought together two different strands from the Old Testament and put them together and said this is what it means to live a life following God, but immediately you start asking questions about that. Well, what does it mean to love? What is love exactly? It's kind of intangible. God, of course, is intangible. We can't see this thing, this person, this being that we're supposed to be loving. And who is our neighbor? That's the immediate question that the young man asked when he got the, when he got the answer. He's like, well, who's my neighbor? We have to start asking these questions and being creative about it. That's the only way we can understand and really follow what it means to love God and love our neighbor. So, by definition, to live out faith requires creativity. It requires us to imagine something that we can't see or feel or hear or prove. If you go through a lot of the commandments that Jesus gives, it requires us to use our creativity and faith hand in hand because Jesus didn't give us a textbook to live by, did he? Jesus gave us examples examples to live by, so we can find ourselves in the story and see where we might go from there. Now, you are probably never going to find yourself in sandals in the Middle East standing over a woman who's been, commi- who's been con- um, convicted of adultery or been accused of adultery and stopping people from stoning her to death. You probably are not ever going to fo- walk right into that experience and know what to do, but you will definitely encounter somebody probably this week who has been treated unjustly and unfairly. What will you do? You will probably never be approached by a blind man who thinks that you can help him see. But you will definitely this week encounter someone who needs your help in some way. What will you do? The Bible doesn't spell it out. We have to work it out by faith and imagination. You will probably never be approached like Jesus was by a crazy man in a graveyard wearing nothing but chains filled with demons and begging you to leave but this week you will encounter someone who is sick or emotionally broken in some way. What will you do? What would Jesus do in those situations that we come upon? We can only use our imagination, and that's exactly why Jesus used so many stories to get his points across. So. Every week when I'm working on these sermons, I always come to this place, and sometimes it's early in the week, sometimes it's late in the week, and this week I struggled with this question all the way up till the end, till yesterday, and that's the question of so what? What difference does it make to us? And that's been the hardest question for me this week. What difference does it make to you and me? All of this talk about creativity and living creatively, is it some attempt to make you all feel better because you didn't win that art competition in fifth grade? no. To me the best part of the so what is the fact that it gives us dignity and purpose and it follows logically from what we've talked about if we are co-authors with god and the story is not yet finished then we are part of finishing the story with god now I was reminded as I was thinking about this and what I mean by finishing the story. Um, When my girls were very young, before we even moved to Slovakia in Virginia, we lived in a rural place and we were about an hour outside of Richmond, so we had to travel back and forth to Richmond often for doctor's appointments, shopping, different kinds of things. It's a long time in in the car for two little girls. So uh, rather than just always letting them watch a show or whatever, sometimes we would use our imagination and we would tell stories together. So we would start and it was kind of uh, inspired by Dora the Explorer and, and she would be telling a story and she would stop and wait for you to answer. So we th- we, I can't even remember the names of the characters. One of them was a rhinoceros and one of them was a turtle. Um, Do you remember the names, Abigail? Tootie, and something. You don't even remember. So we would start a story. We'd start a story about these two unlikely friends, a rhinoceros and a turtle. And one day, uh, the rhinoceros would wake up and felt like going to, and the girls would say, the mall. Okay, so they would go to the mall. But the turtle didn't want to go to the mall because it was such a long way, and they would have to take a long time to get there as a turtle. So they decided to and they would keep the story going, and we would finish the story that way. Now, I use this as a silly example, but I, I feel like this is where we are in God's story, because God has begun the story, uh, and I'm switching metaphors here to, uh, to God as an author. God has begun the story and has started telling the story, but is leaving some of the details up to us. God has given us the pen, and we can work on the story ourselves. When Jesus said that we are to be working towards the kingdom, there was no road map for that. There was no blueprint. There was no final place that we were trying to get to. We have to use our creativity. And that's amazing to me that God is building the kingdom but has given you and me the Lego blocks to do it with. God is still writing the next chapter of the story, but God has given me and you the pen to finish it. So first, that means your story, like we said before, your story is not finished yet. Some of you may be in a very difficult place right now Some of you may have lost someone that you love your life is changing your work is changing You're facing something that you don't feel like you could ever overcome Maybe you're struggling with depression or anxiety or other emotional challenges, but that is not the end of your story If you are listening today if you have ears and your heart is beating and you're still breathing Then your story is not finished God has not finished writing your story yet. Maybe it's time to take up a pen and see where the next chapter may take you. Our story as a congregation isn't finished yet. Do we have as many members as we did 20 years ago or even 10 years ago? No. Have things changed for us since the pandemic? Absolutely. Of course they have and they won't go back. But that's not the end of this story that we have as a congregation. We have a wonderful, rich history already. 75 years of reaching out and finding new and creative ways to serve the community and to worship God. Look at the things that we've got going on just now, and they're just a partial list. The Family Tree Cafe, where children and families come several days a week. We have multiple groups using our facilities. We have an internationals ministry. We have a new English conversation group that's just got it started. We have a Mother's Day Out program and a preschool that's over there several days a week. Soccer Academy, two times a year. Seasonal gatherings where the community is invited to come in and share joyful activities with us. The story is not finished yet. We can't keep doing these same things. In 25 years from now, when we're celebrating the 100th anniversary, some of these things we'll still be doing, some of these things we won't. But we'll find new and creative ways to keep living out the mission that God has given to us. And the so what then, if I ask the question of so what, the so what is a call to be creative to take a place and a look at places in our lives where we might be stuck and to start writing a different ending to that story. It's a call to dream, to ask God to show you a new chapter in your own story, a new plot twist that no one could have imagined, because God is good at rewriting stories. The Bible is filled with characters and situations that were broken, that seemed to be going nowhere, and God brought about something new. It's not easy. It's challenging bringing something to life in a different way, but it's what we are wired for, and we don't do it alone. The Spirit is alongside us, dreaming alongside us, showing us where to put that next block or guiding our pen as we write the next sentence. We are not finished. And that is wonderful news for us this morning. As our response time, I want to invite you in the time of sharing the journey, get into groups of two or three or four and just talk about what this has brought out for you. Maybe something in your own life, a new chapter that needs to be written or, or maybe a new way that you can see this church expressing our faith and the God's kingdom here in this community. I invite you to get together in groups and talk about this. We'll have three or four minutes for you to discuss and if any really good ideas come out, write them down and we'll share them with each other. So go ahead and do that now. Get into small groups and we'll have that discussion.